<laughs> Hi, and welcome to the Saxophone Academy podcast. I'm Dr. Wally Wallace. And I'm Dr. Susan Fancher. And today we are talking about... Practice secrets. 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 We'll share them with you. <laughs> Dr. Sue. Yeah, Wally. How's it going? It's Dr. Wally. It's Dr. Going, Wally? It's, <laughs> Dr. Wally to me. <laughs> how's your How's your week going? How are your students doing? Good. Yeah, it's a big week at, oh, it's a big week this week. Week six at Duke. That's, man, where's this, where's this year going? I don't know. Where's my life going? Apparently I have two kids now. I don't know where they came from. <laughs> I vaguely remember a hospital, and now they're like 11 and 7, oh, and they're man. like, you know. Yeah, real know, people. Real, well, let's not get carried away. <laughs> so I, I want to start this week with celebrating, before we get into like the 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 secrets, the, the little tips and tricks your doctor doesn't want you to know about. What's that, Wally? Uh, but I want to celebrate a couple wins. So I've got a couple wins that I want to celebrate with my students. Okay. And then I want you to share something that your students have done great. So this month I have, excuse me, last month, September, it's October now here on this day on this recording. So now my students are working on Art Pepper, You'd Be So Nice to Come Home To. We're working Cole Porter tune, Art Pepper recording. I'm super excited. Last month we did Wayne Shorter Witch Hunt. And I was a little hesitant because it's a little bit out there for, you know, compared to like what some of their listening tastes might be. Yeah. My students dug in. They got the juice out of that. They opened their minds. They ended up listening to tons more Wayne Shorter. And they're like, you know what? I really didn't understand this at first, but, and then they worked their butts off on their exams. And I'm just could not be more pleased that I got a group of people to really step outside their comfort zone, trust in the process. And that even though you may not enjoy, you may not love it or like it, but you can appreciate it and learn from it. And I, I really feel that. And so the, the analogy I used was, look, you may not want to have a Mark Rothko hanging in your kitchen. Right. And those of you who don't know, Google Mark Rothko, giant. Uh, how would you describe his art? These kind of different big blobs almost of color that sort of float after a while right and, and like pulsate but they're just these big, big blocks, blocks and some of the, like these black of monoliths they're <laughs> yes. striking they look like if there was art that was going to open a demonic portal some of these look like that <laughs> and just because it doesn't want something it's not going to hang next to your live laugh love sign in your kitchen doesn't right. mean you can't appreciate it and then see what other art has this informed yeah. And I love that. So that was a big win. And I really just wanted to give a shout out to my students uh, and my studio for like really embracing it and encourage all the listeners to explore, even if you're like, and I'm really guilty of this, saying, oh, I don't like this. Oh, that's stupid. Instead of just pausing, experiencing and think, and I'm going to come back to this in the practice. Secrets. Okay. Ask the question, what can I learn from this? What can I learn from this? So yeah. now celebrate your your students over at that big fancy university you teach at. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, you know, week six, so it's a lot of midterms and stuff like that. So we do a fair amount of playing of duets this week. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> the students come in, they're like, uh, I'm like, don't even say it. Let's play. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you have some weeks you just you have that that duet book sitting on the stand. <laughs> I try to have it off to the side so it's not so obvious that I'm expecting it. Right. But, <laughs> but you know, as teachers, we're we're always just proud of our students when they just keep chipping away at it and keep getting better. And you know, they're practicing and they're 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 learning music, even though you know there are other things they could do with their time and energy. But they choose to to invest it in 
in playing the saxophone and trying to get better. So I just really am proud of them for that. Okay, that sounded really kind of condescending towards your student. I think what you're telling me is your students really disappointed you this week, and you're trying to find the bright side. They're going to step it up next week. They better, or we will publicly shame them to the three oh, listeners awesome. we have. Worldwide. No, I'm kidding. Exactly. Yeah. So um, I wanted to, uh, first we're going to start with, before we get to the practice secrets, very quick yes. question. So I have a student, um, Gay, and she is a fantastic saxophonist very fantastic composer. She's written oh. some major works that have appeared in like television and things like that. Some of my favorite Bravo. shows. Yeah. Uh, and she has taught ear training uh, at, at, I mean, a very advanced musician. And she's thinking about training in her Yamaha, which is a great horn. Hmm. And she's got a lead on a Mark six. And so she asked this great question. How do you test the horn? Like what process do you go through? So you recently bought a new, I did. Selmer Supreme. Yeah, I did. Yeah. Selmer Supreme. <laughs> yeah. And now they have the uh, Selmer Signature. <laughs> yeah. And, well, we'll get to that. And yeah. I recently just bought literally two days ago from the time of this recording. And I did use literally the correctly. So two days ago, I bought a new instrument. I bought a King Super 20. Yeah. Uh, full Pearl <laughs> 1950. So awesome. And so, but there is an art to picking a horn or, or a buying process. So what is your thought process? And we won't dig too much into buying a new horn, but yeah. <laughs> what do you do when you test a new horn? What do you look for? Well, I'm looking for intonation and I'm looking, but actually primarily, to be honest, just how it feels to play. And how it sounds to me and how, it, yeah, how it feels how that, in my hands. The connection, yeah. 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 And that drives me nuts about the YouTube is people like play horn A, play horn B. Like, you can't tell the difference. And this student horn sounds better than the Mark VI, but they're not telling you how it feels to the player. Right. Or how it resonates in an actual physical space, like yeah. a concert hall. Yeah. Which is very different than a condenser mic six inches away from the saxophone. Yeah. So um, so when I was trying this, one thing I wanted to recommend is that bring your current instrument. I've had this before. Ah. So this is not my first rodeo with buying a King Zipper 20 where I go, I fall in love with the, with the looks at it. So, I mean, honestly, you got to admit that. The, the, it's a beautiful instrument. Full pearls. <laughs> oh. And so the first time I bought a Silver Sonic and I was so in awe of the beauty of the instrument and the lore of it mm. that I played it. And I was like, hey, this plays great. Yeah. And I went home and I was like, yeah, it plays great. And then I picked up my Yamaha and I was like, oh, my Yamaha plays better. It feels yeah, better to play. Not right. just intonation <laughs> or quirks. It resonated and yep. felt better. And so then I realized like you can fall in love in a vacuum and then, but like then compare it to your, and you realize it may not be a better instrument than the one you're currently playing. Right. So this, I did bring my Mark VI. Uh, and then I played them back to back and I didn't sell my Mark six. I'm keeping them in as well. I'm, I'm collecting the world's greatest horns. Yay. Uh, and so, and then I realized like, okay, this really Look does feel significantly different in a way that I really like, yeah. because otherwise I find it in a vacuum. I could be like, this is great. And I don't have that, that A to B comparison. And it's hard to say necessarily black and white better or worse like that. They're just different. No, I have a rating scale. You do? No, okay. no, I don't. No, there's a, there's a little bit of that, yeah. yeah. Uh, Which is why you're not selling the other one. No, I'm, I'm yeah. keeping it. Uh, yeah. I'll appreciate it. It's my retirement. Oh, there <laughs> you go. <laughs> Your kid's college well, fund. I mean, <laughs> a fund, I do not consider an investment, no. but it does hold its value better than most things in my life. They seem, yeah, they seem to hold up pretty well, actually. They really do. Yeah. yeah. Do you think there's sometimes a little bit of confirmation bias? Oh, like, heck yeah. I know the first time I tried a Supreme, I was like, oh, I want to love it. I want to love it. I want to love it. I think I love it. I'm not sure I love it, but I, I really want to love it, that, so it must be great. <laughs> that was my first King Silver uh, Supersonic. It was a later one in the Key Heights where it, I wanted to love it, and it was confirmation mm. bias, but then I was brutally honest when I played it next to my Yamaha, and I was like, no, the Yamaha 
re- is better in every aspect. Now, not this current Super 20. Um, yeah. yeah. I got the one that I wanted, not just the one that was prettier. And the listeners are thinking like, you dummy, you bought one because it looked pretty? Yeah, I did. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. I did. Yeah. And then the confirmation <laughs> bias made me think it played as well. But then the stark contrast in my home studio. Uh, anyway, uh, so just yeah. one more question before yeah. we move on to What's the difference between the Silver Supreme and the Silver Signature? I have no idea. All right, moving on. So practice secrets. <laughs> you got to tell me, because I was so, looking at that the other day. I actually Googled it. I'm like, what's the difference between... And then I got to this website that was trying to explain the difference. I'm like, okay, I'm still a little confused. Right. <laughs> right. What's going on? Oh, with the signature? <laughs> yeah. No idea. Let's move on. Okay. <laughs> uh, I just figured if I was going to ask anyone, because I, I couldn't, without really digging in, I could not tell the difference. I didn't know what is the difference between the, the Signature and the Supreme. Uh, and so I figured I would ask Selmer artist uh, Susan Fancher. Well, you know, they don't really keep me that informed on these things. <laughs> Maybe they should. Apparently they don't. So, yeah, but I couldn't figure it out either when I Googled it. I was like, okay, you took a lot of the improvements on the Supreme and you put it on what used to be the Series 2 and now you're calling it the Signature. Okay, cool. And the prices, oh, I mean. And I it's know. like Supreme prices. Yes. So I don't know. Okay. I'll okay. try to figure out and let you know next time. <laughs> <laughs> I'll Google. I'll, I'll Google. I'll email somebody and say, "Hey, can you just D- tell D- me D- what's going I on?" I can Google it, Sue. <laughs> so, you've heard the phrase: "It's not what you do; it's how you do it." And I firmly yeah. believe that with practice. And so, I was thinking a lot about these things. You know, a lot of my students and your students as well have limited time. Yes. You know, they got other things. Or yep. your students are studying important things that are them have a uh, what do you call that? Where you go somewhere every day and they pay you. Uh, employment, a yob, uh, a yob, <laughs> yeah. So your students got jobs. My stu- my students uh, are are adult. Yeah, they have um, jobs. They, ha- they have jobs or are retired yeah. or I mean, yeah. And so they have uh, whether it be a homemaker and having been a stay at home dad, that is harder than any job I've oh, ever yeah. had, including mm. the army. Army basic training was a walk in the park to homeschooling two oh, kids you during said the pandemic. That before. Holy yeah, cow. and I will yeah. say it again. Yeah. So uh, limited time, and then so. You know, one of the things to, in order to have because progress and growth is fun. You know, if you're not feeling like you're getting better, it, the, the saxophone is not terribly fun. So, what, what are those things we can? I was thinking about what are those things that do that are like our multipliers, like a flywheel effect that you get more out of the time you're doing. And what made me think of this is my wife is a family practice physician. She opened a weight loss clinic, so she's a physician and it's medical, you know, weight loss. Yeah. So she's she's throwing out those designer drugs like what Govi and you know I'm kidding. Oh, I mean she she does, <laughs> but. What she loves about her job is, rather than family practice, is weight loss is one of those flywheel effects. You change that one metric, yeah. and so many other metrics change and improve. I mean, yeah. it, not to mention everything from blood pressure, um, uh, diabetes, uh, joint pain, mood. Yeah. I mean, all these things. And so it's one of those things you you it's a multiplier effect. Yeah, and it's, it's and it yeah. really helps a lot of yeah. things. Um just and so that actually helps with the insurance when the quality metrics the mm. doctors listening know what I'm talking about. Yes. So I thought, <laughs> what are these things for saxophone? So I have a couple of multiplier effects in your practice. So in lieu of just adding more hours, what are some things that can do that? And I think that for me, the number one for me is get more listening when you're not practicing. Yeah. Have how much listening? So when you were in school, did you did you have like set times that you listened or you're, let's picture back? There's there's Sue Fancher with pigtails. Yeah, you're Northwestern. <clears throat> yeah, did they have a music library? They did. And did you listen they to? Do. They do. <laughs> they still do. Yeah, they used to have a music library. They still do, uh, they but still they do. used to too. <laughs> it but, was already there back yeah. in the dark ages when I was there. <laughs> so I imagine listening had a big import. 
on your developing your tone, your sound, your signature. Yeah, you know, you sound. would think that it would have you you would have you would think that we did more listening than we did. We didn't do as much as I wish if I could turn the clock back, I would. So it was harder in that day as an excuse. I mean, you actually had to go to the library right. physically and like check out a recording or have them put it on for you take it to a station and put it either on a record player or a CD player or something like big that. Big old lovely headphones. Yeah. Someone else's hair sticking out of the, the ear cups. <laughs> <Ew>. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's just hard to imagine that we actually had to go to a place to do that. And right. now we're so spoiled. You we are. And so don't even get up off your chair now. I was But we didn't yeah. do as we didn't do all that much listening, to be honest. Um I think Hemke I wouldn't say he discouraged it, but he didn't really actively advocate for it that much because back in the 1980s there were not i know there were not that exactly there were not that many uh really great saxophone recordings available and now i mean there are right i mean they're like and like i said you don't even have to get up off your chair to go access them now you if you're sitting at your computer and that's what i was thinking so for me so one of the things i've started doing is is so i um so let's talk about habit stacking so we've talked about Atomic Habits and how much I love that book. And oh, I, that's a great book. I hate just like, like let's talk about self-help books. Because there are music coaches that sell their coaching services to other musicians for thousands of dollars. Yep. And they regurgitate self-help books. And yep. I find that pretty disgusting. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to call it any names, but I just thought like, really? like, And you call yourself like a music career coach and then you just like regurgitate self-help books. I, that's not what I want to do here. Well, it saves people from having to read all those books. No, it doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've never had a career, but I'm going to make a career teaching people how to have a career. Yeah, um, that's what's going on in the music coaching industry. Well, and, welcome to the 2020s, yeah, right? Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> so for me, I love um, the habit stacking, meaning take the desired behavior and attach it to something you already do. So for me, yeah. there's one thing I'm going to do. Well, two things I'm going to do first thing in the morning. I, I, I After I wake up my kids, I go, yeah. hey, time to get up. Let's wake up number one. Obviously, yeah. the first one doesn't take. But I take, <laughs> I, I, I do my due diligence of, yeah. of turning on the light, turning off the the fan, you know, the little yep. air purifier, yep. white noise. Yep. Like, hey, guys, time to get up. It's going to be a great day. And then that's wake up number one. Then I go downstairs. I let the dogs in the backyard yeah. while I make coffee. Yes. And so normally I have this terrible habit of making coffee and checking my email inbox. Big mistake. Oh, yeah, I know. It's so tempting. Oh, it is. It's so, so hard not to do that, Wally. So now what I do is I go downstairs, I hit the um, uh, coffee temperature. I don't boil. I'm not going to burn my coffee grounds. Right. So I grind as I'm grinding, I hit the boil. And the minute the grinder's done, I say, hey, Echo, I, I need my Alexa Echo. That's one of the options. So I say, right. hey, Echo, because that sounds cooler than Alexa. I say, hey, Echo. <laughs> Play Zoot Sims, and I have a Zoot Sims playlist that is just oh, yeah. perfect for the morning. It's swinging, it's oh, easy. Yeah. You, you don't want to, you don't want to wake up with Michael Brecker. You know what I mean? Like you, you don't want to. <laughs> That's later in the day. It's, it's <laughs> for me. It never comes in the day. Oh, but, come on, Tales of the Hudson's a great album. <laughs> okay. No, I, well, oh, for but me, later in the day, Michael yeah. Brecks, Brecker for me is like Mark Rothko. I've studied it. I appreciate it, yeah. but it's not something that is brings me enjoyment in my day to day life. Right, it's you just it's not an aesthetic that connects with me. Record for the people who it brings enjoyment, and, to them. and yeah. I love that they do that. And that, yeah. that still doesn't mean that I can't appreciate it and learn a ton from it. Sure, I just don't want it playing in my bathroom next to my live love laugh um, doily, <laughs> gotcha. my crochet doily. I know. So have a second. So I wake up with awesome. My Zoot Sims playlist, and then I start. So I have swinging. And that tone seeping into my subconscious mind, every pore of my being, my being, with my Guatemalan roast. 
And so that is one example. So I started thinking, like, what are some things that we can do to get more listening in? So you've got to commute. I've got to commute. Yeah. Well, you're going, like, right after this, you're going to. I'm going to go over to teach. Yeah. And how how far is the drive? It's an hour. So I have I have a playlist that I created, and I, I started doing this back in the spring. I created a playlist of all of the music that on Spotify, all of the music that my students are working on and that I'm working on. Mm-hmm. And then, so this fall, now I've got one called Fall 2023. It has all the music that I'm... That's loaded with bangers. <laughs> I But, you know, it was I was surprised back in the spring. I think I talked to you about this in a previous episode or maybe over coffee when we met. Um, just for fun and not to record ourselves. Right. We actually do do that. Yeah. Um, um, that I I made that playlist and I thought, oh God, I, now I've got to listen to this. I'm going to hate it. And I was really happy to report that I didn't hate it because, you know, this is what I spend my life and my time and energy you know, pursuing. And I was really happy to hear that I actually enjoyed the music. So that was good. I was a little afraid I wouldn't, frankly, And did Wally. that have an impact on your teaching and your Absolutely. thinking? Absolutely. Yeah. And in my playing, just to listen to those pieces. And, you know, it's one thing to, to get together with your accompanist and play. It's another thing to study the score, but, and it's another thing to study the score with the recording, but to just have it on and just like, get to understand the shape of a piece and the oh, phrase structure and yes. the form and to just experience it over and over and over while I'm while I'm driving was really really helpful. I'm I'm playing some four-way songs this fall and I've been listening to <gasps> Oh, we've talked about this. Yeah. Are you doing uh <laughs> yeah, but it's lovely. Aurora. Aurora. Yeah, yeah, Dawn. So I've been listening to those, and anyway, all the stuff that I'm performing, but also the pieces that my students are playing. I've got one piece, uh, one student working on the Rhapsody by Wag Nine. I don't know that piece very well. I haven't never played it. I've never heard of it. I know it's it's a fairly recent one that was written for the Adolf Sax competition. So it's a competition piece. It's a lot of notes. It's really <laughs> a lot of notes. It's a lovely piece. But Wait, it's no, a let's, re- really let's a rewind. Lot of notes. <laughs> It's a competition piece. It's very musical and subtle. (laughs) Yeah, no. (laughs) I mean, there's some of that here and there, but mostly it's a lot of notes. Right. (laughs) But, but you know, the the students playing. It's a race car. Lots of airbags. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Nope. It goes really fast and it's loud. Yeah. (laughs) That's actually, that's about right. (laughs) Anyway, so. So that that helps to to learn the music. So that's a way of of using time that you know I'm I'm stuck in the car. The other thing I do is audiobooks because I've been I've been listening to a lot of nonfiction audiobooks, which has been really great. What are you listening to right now? Right that's now I'm list, listening to let's see, in the Garden of the Beast. I think it's called by Eric Larson. It's about it's a very yeah happy and uplifting. A topic of two people who were living in Germany at the time that Adolf Hitler came to power. Yeah, it's dark, but anyway, because I don't, I don't know a whole lot about history, so I've been listening to these books. I listened to one on the sinking of the Lusitania. Um, the, you know, I listened to a book about you know Steve Jobs and you know biographies and things like that. It's been really kind of interesting. I listened to an interesting biography of Eleanor Roosevelt and okay. you know things like that. So I mean, in the last year, I've actually listened to something like fifty-five audiobooks just so you, in you, my car driving. That and my playlists of saxophone music. And you got that book learning going on. I'll tell ya. Yeah. So, uh, dear listener, ignore everything she said about learning with book learning. We need to trade off the Adolf Hitler for the Adolf Sax. Yes, there you go. Oh, ba-doom, Very nice. That was a good segue. Oh. Yeah. Uh, so, in college, I learned all about Adolf Sax. And so, my password for my very first email address 
was I was going to try to make it Adolf Sachs. Only yeah. I didn't know it was spelled P-H-E because we didn't have the internet. Oh, yeah. And, and so I made my password <laughs> Adolf, and it was only – and it stopped at S because you couldn't put any more. And so then when I had uh, tech support – this was back before Never Share Your Email, and right, I'll never forget yeah, the, the tech right. guy was like, all right, oh, you can't get access to your email. This is 1994. Yeah, right. All right, what's your password? And I was like, uh, I just, Adolf Sachs. <laughs> It's supposed to be Adolf Sachs because I'm learning about it, you know. And, and it looked like, And the yeah. guy was like, uh, okay. And I, 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 well, I preface with Adolf Sachs, but I couldn't fit it because the past. And this was like the Good. very yeah. first email server at a university. Oh, you my know? gosh. Yeah, back in the battle back, days. Yeah. yeah. And so I did. But, but our, our inventor and lord and savior of the honkatone yes. is A-D-O-L-P-H-E. Right. Spelled differently. Right. I didn't know that as an 18-year-old kid. Well, I was just so immersed with Adolf Sachs. I learned all about him, yeah. the ghost child legend. You know, I was really obsessed. Anyway, uh, point being, don't... a nerd. Oh, I was I back then. It. Yeah. <laughs> it's so great. <laughs> so awesome. I, I loved it. So and, and I was actually touring with Skymans at the time. So, yeah, no uh, kidding. Yeah, yeah. So I was you a go. huge nerd on a lot of fronts there. It's so awesome. I was, ni- I was 1990s cool, which yeah. today would not be cool. But anyway, the point is, don't do the history... Uh, for my students listening, uh, if you're transcribing or we're doing our pepper, you'd be so nice to come home to put, uh, get up your transcribe plus or your any tune and put the solo on a loop and oh, yeah. then feed that into your car. So trade for a lot of students that have XM radio or talk radio or whatever. Their uh, afternoon commute is, uh, I've heard a great, I didn't coin this term, angertainment. Oh, and gosh. it's the current political cycle where de- whoever you are, you have a politician you dislike. And we're not going to touch that with a 10-foot pole. Nope. But um, you have a politician or a philosophy or half the country that you hate, and there is more than enough entertainment to make you angry and outraged at what the either side is doing. And oh, it's called dear. angertainment. Oh, this is dear. not a both-sides argument at all. Yeah. But um, angertainment is not helpful. It does not improve your life. No. It does not inform you in any way. It just makes you angry, and it is addictive. So trade that for Art Pepper and loop that in the car. And so that's a secret to that's practice. That's a great secret, yeah. Number two, subdivision. 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 Oh, yeah. So you can't spell subdivide without metronome. <laughs> I haven't checked this <laughs> thoroughly. Okay. Saying that out loud, it may not be true. Oh, we're just going to go with it, Wally. You can't spell metronome without uh, metro and gnome. <laughs> And we don't mean the one that starts with a G. I don't know how to spell no. it. As, as we know from our studying of the inventor of the saxophone, I don't know how to spell. I was a very phonetic learner. To. I learned audibly. Yeah. And so like, you know, I did like a... Good ears. Yeah. So um, so when you misspell something, and, but, you know, just maybe they just are not a visual learner. Yeah. Anyway, so uh, putting on the metronome, and then <laughs> here, here's a secret that I want people to do. Um don't regurgitate the lism. The, the lism? What? <laughs> what? Call an ambulance. Do you smell toast? Are you okay? <laughs> Approximate the rhythm. Yeah. Regurgitate the rhythm. Yeah. Regurgitalisms. Yeah. Regurgitalism. Got it. Okay. That uh, makes sense. Kind of near the metronome. Hear the actual subdivision as it happens. So we're here's one thing I like of having my students do. And if I weren't a world-class virtuoso, right. I might do this too. Okay, I do this too. So when the metronome's going... <laughs> Subdivide in your head before it starts. One and a two and a three and a four and do ba do ba do ba do ba one and two and th- this is jazz. Obviously, don't subdivide yeah. like yeah, this yeah, if yeah. you're a classic musician. <laughs> but so when the count off, so I have my students like off. They submit their exams with the backing track that does the the very famous <clears throat> click, 
Click, click, click, click, click, click, click, click, click. And then the, my robots, my banner in a box robots, the super swinging uh, AI uh, rhythm section comes in. Yeah. So what I'm telling them to do is, because usually like some of my <clears> students <throat> have great rhythm uh, or pretty good rhythm. Yeah. Some don't. Uh, and it'll be like bar 16 before they're kind of locked in, 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 as we say in the jazz world, in the pocket. In and it the takes pocket, them six, right. eight, 10 bars to get in the pocket. And we want to be in the pocket. We want to start in the pocket. We want to be like a Joey. We want to be like we're outside in, in, the, in the outback of Australia. We got a mama kangaroo and we start life in the pocket. In the pocket. The pouch. <laughs> be a swinging marsupial is what I'm saying. Start <laughs> life in the pocket. And we do that. I think I have a book in the making here. We do that by when you hear a click, (laughs) click, think, one, a two, a three, a four, or or just simply hear boo, ba, do, ba, do, ba, do, ba, ba. Or same thing before you start the piece, so classical piece. Yeah. Have you ever heard a student start the Crescent Sonata and it's just, it takes like five measures to lock in the stubba, dubba, dubba. (laughs) <laughs> it is, it is, it's a this, tough beginning, yeah. <laughs> it's an emotional roller coaster of arrhythmic nonsense. Imagine being the pianist. <laughs> but when I listen to, uh, you know, my one of my favorite recordings is Arna Camp or mm. the great Donald Sinta off American oh, yeah. Music. It. And it's that you can hear that. And you can hear that one and a two and a three. Or takadimi, 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 takadimi. If you're an Indian tabla player. I learned that from our friend USM. Yeah. Um, so when you, before you start, I, I would have my students, and if you ever done this, like, don't just <gasps> honk a diddy honk, <laughs> think in your mind, in your mind, don't, 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 see, don't let people see your lips moving. Yeah. So, you don't want to go one and two and three, but think in your mind, <laughs> one and two and three and breathe, play. Da, 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 da. One, yeah. So I like to think silently in my head, one and two and three and breathe, play. And I actually will think in my head, breathe, because have you ever started a phrase and realized like, I didn't take a big breath? Right. So I actually have to, not being, I'm not a bright man, Jenny, <laughs> and I don't know how to breathe. <laughs> like, so I, I have to record uh, a series of six etudes for my students every month, demos, yeah. and and uh, Chad Eby is our in-house composer. He, yeah. He, you know, uh, yeah. Downbeat reviewed four stars. He's re- he's arranged for Norman Jones and the Greats. Brilliant composer. He will write these phrases that like kind of the intent of the phrase will span 10, 12, 16 bars. Yikes. Yeah. You, you need a big old breath. Yeah, you do. And so I'll be halfway through and I'll have to stop the recording. Like, ugh. I'll go back to the top. <laughs> Take I could because I don't like to punch in. I, I'm too lazy to punch yeah. into that. I'll go back to the top. I'll delete it. I'll record again. And then I'll get like, oh God, I didn't breathe again. And because I'm reading it off a of PDF, I haven't marked it in. Yeah. Now, there are some students like, well, just use this software. Like, I don't have time for software yeah, right. where I can mark it. So I'm not using Fourscore and marking it with an app of insult. I just got to read it on my big ass monitor, big butt monitor, excuse me, my big butt monitor because I have yeah, blind. Right. And I don't have time to mark it in or read it off an iPad. And so I realized, so like, I'll have to look at a rest and think, breathe. breathe. And so, yeah. and then breathe. So before we start playing, subdivide in your head one and two and three and breathe, play. Yeah, and then I think that'll help a lot. How do you Definitely. work on on the subdivision of the rhythm with your playing? How do you? You ever had a, a student, not at Duke, not at Duke University, but you ever had a student that the metronome's clicking and they're playing, and like the tween shall never meet. Yeah, I mean that that's a real thing. I have had students where I've had them walk and play at the same time <laughs> so that they could. <laughs> do you know what I mean? No, what? <laughs> so that because I have I have students who instead of like. Like if they, they if they have trouble with rhythm, I will sometimes resort to like having them tap their foot on the beat. Okay. And some of them will start tapping the rhythm they're playing instead of the right. beat, and then I'll make them like walk so that they can't because they can't walk at the rhythm that they're playing so that they understand the difference. Challenge accepted. Step it, step. 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 Step it, step.
step, 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 step. Um, but also, you know, I had, you know, I've had a student who was somehow benefited from thinking about a foot down, foot up as dividing the beat in half. Yeah, it's a great da, way. Da, 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 da. And that actually thinking about down, up, down, up instead of one and two. And because they great, couldn't do the numbers. Wh- but, and we would even write arrows on right. their Right. One thing you could do is, with the student's permission, never yeah. touch a student without their, their permission. Yeah. And even then, just don't touch students. Yeah, right. Because yeah, even no, if you ask, you're in a position of power. Like, hey, is it all right if I touch you? They're not gonna feel uncomfortable. Well, the, yeah, so right, just like, exactly. just don't touch just, your students. Yeah, like, you know, there's there's no reason to touch my your students. My students, which I like, I, like if their hand position is bad, I might like grab their fingers and say, "Wait, do this a little more around." And then I'm like, "Oh, wait, I'm supposed to ask permission to then." They're yeah. always like, "Well, yeah, but exactly, what for, are they gonna say?" You no, really, I'm gonna say this, that. and I may get flack for this. I really don't care. Yeah. Men, we do not need to touch our students. It's a, um, probably a little easier you, for you can somebody describe, like me, like mom. Yeah, well, <laughs> I, I just think um, we do not, because I don't, in a position of authority, yeah. if you say, oh, sorry, if I touch you, I've seen like teachers like adjust shoulders and stuff like that. Yeah. And I've seen visual discomfort from young yeah. women. Yeah. And like, they're not going to say no because they don't want to create, and they, they just don't, don't yeah. do it. Don't put them in the just, position where yeah. they have to say no. Yeah. Just don't touch your darn students. Yeah. There's no reason. So right. I can, the most I will ever do is say, all right, I'm going to put my, my pencil by your shoulder. Don't let your shoulder hit my pencil. Right. Meaning don't raise it. I am right. not going to be touching right. their shoulders and their yeah. lower back and fixing their posture. Yeah. And other thing is, we're not qualified. We're right. not kind of, we're, <laughs> we're not physical therapists. Right. You know what I mean? Like if yeah. I had someone like point to in the musculoskeletal diagram where so yeah. we have a lot of pseudoscience as musicians. So I'm gonna say, don't touch your students. Where were we going with all this? I don't know. Oh, the down oh, we're up. We're talking about so, the down up of the foot, yeah. <laughs> Hello, tangent, my old friend. I, that's good. So with permission, put your foot above their foot yeah. and so they can touch your foot on the up and down. Yeah, tap, right. tap, yeah. tap, tap. So the, yep. And so the upward of their foot will hit the bottom of your shoe. So there's an impact with on both sides. their permission. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And that's about <laughs> as much as I think we need to be touching our students. Yeah. And I will say, and I, and I may, want to take this very seriously. There was a um, trumpet teacher that was very famous uh, at the University of Georgia. And I had friends and this person has passed. And so yeah. I'm not, I'm not okay. besmirching anyone, but would have students do stretching and exercises. And some of the female students were like, oh, wait, you guys aren't doing stretching in your exercise, in your lessons. The yeah. guys weren't. And it's like, you know what? Let, enough of this nonsense. Yeah, don't. And it was, just, I've heard yeah. that, like, don't touch your students without their permission. But asking permission puts them in, a, in a, an uncomfortable place. Yeah. So it's just. Yeah, that's a good point. Just, I poke with pencils. Yeah. Okay. Hemke <laughs> no, did this thing with a pencil when he was working on tonguing Wally. He'd have, okay, stick out your tongue. You would take a pencil and like jab you in the tongue where he thought your tongue should contact the tip of the reed. And, and I always thought, oh, golly, it was terrifying because he would like just kind of jab you with this pencil. I can still feel it, Wally. This is, you know, years later. But with my students, if I ever tried to do that, I take a reed and I say, okay, this is, it's a little weird, but you know, stick out your tongue. I'll show you on, on, on with this reed where I think you should be contacting the tip of the reed. And then I'll give them the reed as a present because <laughs> I don't want the reed after I touch their tongue. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> I know that's so or, weird. Or <laughs> I'm just, so, yeah. <laughs> so I'm just spitballing here. Okay. <laughs> what if you were to point on your own tongue where the reed touches your tongue? And then they can look at their own tongue and, and kind of come to an approximation. I'm just spitballing here. Well, because this way they can feel it. And so it's just 
anyway, whatever. <laughs> I haven't done that in a while. Maybe I'll stop doing that. Yeah, but I haven't needed to. In you know a while. what? Uh, so, oh, my product line is, go, is going very well, yeah. by the way. Yeah. So uh, maybe I need to have uh, tongue pokers where, like, articulation mark. So interesting. Oh, We're going to get to the last yeah. practice thing here in a second. Then I got to go. I got to have lunch a with little, my daughter. A little gotta, aside. Yeah, I got to go bring here. a picnic and lunch over to uh, the bar park here in a little bit. Oh, uh, field nice. trip for my, my daughter. I'm excited to have that. Yeah. Um, but so uh, astronauts, um, uh, some of them that were on the International Space Station had to do like constant medical testing on themselves. Yeah. So uh, I can never remember which Kelly it is, but Commander Kelly. Okay. Uh, that was on the International Space Station for like a year. Oh, wow, like the yeah. long at the time yeah. he was the longest person to be yeah. in space, and so like through the research they had to do, this is going somewhere. I promise. Yeah, I, I trust you. A ton of research, <laughs> and so he had to draw blood and or and also like add on some kind of like medical testing devices and like trying to find the exact place again and again to put like these diodes or whatever. Oh yeah, uh, was a pain. So he actually went and had the doctor mark it, and then he went and got a tattoo, like a tiny little oh, yeah. dot. Right on. So what I'm proposing. Oh no. <laughs> Is an articulation marker. Find the exact spot on a student's tongue where they should be tonguing. Oh, gosh. <laughs> and then what we can do is, to make it <laughs> sterile, you're going to have to heat it to, to oh, God, probably no, between yeah. 200 and 300 degrees Fahrenheit. We get a flat mark. I mean, we're not, it's not going to cover the whole tongue. This is reasonable. But we create like a little mini brand. Oh, gosh. And then we mark the tongue where it should be lightly touching the reed. And here's the thing. Once you burn them, they're not going to want to tongue too hard because it's going to hurt. <laughs> Jeez, Wally. So I'm going to... I don't know where this don't is Don't touch your students, people. <laughs> don't Just touch your students. Just stop touching your students. Stop touching your students. Mic drop right yeah. there. <laughs> Final... Oh, my gosh. Secrets. Secrets. Intent. Get another one. Intent. Yeah. Okay. Intent. So intent is a percentage of the law. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what is the intent is whatever. I, I know, Like nine-tenths yeah. of the law. <laughs> Meaning, when you go into the practice session knowing what you want to get out of it before mm. you step in. And I've had things in my life where like I would mark and measure numbers and tempos. I would get super nerdy. Yeah. And that was helpful. The yeah. problem was sometimes what is helpful is not sustainable. Right. Because I'm also, what's the word? Lazy. <laughs> I'm not lazy in life. You're not I, lazy, I'm, no. <laughs> I'm a rebel personality. Um, uh, I'm a rebel archetype of personality. I'm not meaning I, I wear leather and like, whatever, man. But I'm the, the catchphrase that resonates with me is, so there's different personality types. Yeah. There's the obliger. I'll do it so I don't let you down. There's the right. upholder. I'll do it because I said I'll do it. There's right. the questioner. I'll do it if you can tell me why. Right. I'm the rebel. The rebel's motto is, I'm not going to do it. Wait, you can't make me, and neither can I. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> you, I love that. <laughs> you can't make me, and neither can I. So what I have found in my oh. life is if I don't want to do something, and, and I don't do it. Now, what's worked out well is that the things that are good for my students, it makes me want to do it. Right. You know what I mean? But You're motivated by that. Right, right, yeah. right. But I can't make myself do it because I shoulds are not a part of my life. Yeah. I should do X, Y, Z. I have just enough mental acuity that I can I can negotiate out of why I don't have to do anything, but certain things, you know, taking care of my kids. Yeah, sure. Uh, basic. Well, looking at the state of my office, cleanliness is not one of them. <laughs> it's not bad. <laughs> it's bad. There's a jar, there's literally a jar of pickles on the floor when you <laughs> came in. That's another story though. It's still sealed though. It is, but it's. I'm not gonna have to throw it out because it was used for B roll, and so it's like. Well, they're, and they're it's not weird because it's sealed, but it's not full. So I'm a little suspicious. We. 
with this week's this Friday's YouTube video, the, the, jar, <laughs> the jar of pickles is part of B roll. I can't. I wait have to a reason. See it. Now that I can, really, I can make myself do like do. Yeah. So yeah, I did go literally buy a jar of pickles specifically for B roll in the YouTube video this week. But intent, knowing, <laughs> oh, knowing why you're doing it. So I like to think. Thinking, I think, is a, is a value. What is thinking? Thinking. thinking about your thinking. My daughter <laughs> knows meta. the word. Well, my daughter knows the term metacognition. Oh, yeah. There the, you go. Those counselors, they have um, like these, I forgot what they call it, where the counselors come in and talk about, you know, different life skills and things like yeah. that. And she goes to grade school and they, yeah. and she's like, Dad, metacognition. And she mispronounced metacognition. Yeah. She's yeah. seven. She yeah. said, it's, We're learning about thinking about your thinking. And I think thinking is a series of evaluations, and evaluations are questions. So I think the way to guide her thinking is to have a series of questions. So, I start my day with, oh, I have it right here. Um, right here is the five-minute journal. Now, don't buy this because I'm going to have something better out here soon. The five-minute journal. So uh, turn to a blank page that doesn't have my embarrassing filling it out. And like the first thing, the daily prompt is? Weekly challenge. Make an inspiration collage and hang Okay, it. that's dorky. No, no, no. <laughs> the, daily, the daily question. The daily question. Oh, sorry. What would make today great right so you start off with with that or usually it's what are three things you're grateful for right that, that may not be on there Maybe on the next it. page it says i am grateful for dot, dot, right dot. right right and you write those things so inevitably i put coffee my children and uh my backyard in greensboro but starting with questions makes your brain evaluate and here's an interesting factoid your brain will come up with an answer to a question even if the question has no basis in reality. So if you think, why do I suck so bad? Your brain will come up with an answer, even if it's not true. <laughs> right. It will support oh, it. So right. your brain is this horrible oh computer God, that, yeah. will, that will give you an answer even if it's not based in fact, which is why we have to be careful with presuppositions. Yes. Uh, or if you say, like, why am I getting better? If you believe you're getting better, your right. brain will come up with the reasons. Right. So I like to start with what are three things I want to improve today? Right. And not tone technique and style. But like Something I really want to get that turnaround yeah. with a tritone sub at the end of you'd be so nice to come up to. I want to be comfortable with that. I want right. to hear it better and navigate it beyond just the rote memorization of outlining the chords. Right. And then I'll say, I also want to soften the or broaden the attack in my palm keys. And mm. then I will also want to work on rhythm changes at a faster tempo. Because, you know, yeah, maybe maybe I crashed and burned a little earlier on that. Yeah. You know, at a certain tempo. Fix it. Right. And so it's that intent of knowing what you're wanting to do, even if you're not writing down the literal exact measure number in the tempos. You know, this brings us back to the listening that you were talking about, is that if you can't imagine what you want to sound like, it's hard to sound like that. So the listening is, is key. <laughs> that is true. Or Yeah. And so I listen to like, I want it to feel like X, Y, or Z player. Doing that, uh, Earl Nightingale, the old radio host, had a show, Our Changing World, be the, the voice of God. Mm, uh, Earl, mm. Hi, ladies and gentlemen, this is Earl Nightingale, the 1950s broadcaster. He would talk about the um, having the, ex the 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 listening, the goal is creating the expectant mold in which you pour your time and your talents. And yeah. if you don't create the mold or know what you want, your time and your talents will likely not, you know, form in the way that you want. So it's that intent. Yeah. So yeah. I'm going to I'm going to recommend it. And so I'm starting to do this as I write down questions, not goals, but like what are three things I want to improve today. Right. And then I also this is not to venture back into self-helpy land. I do write down things I'm grateful for every day because I find as a musician it's really easy to be grumpy and sad and yep. scared yep. And, and beat the poo out of ourselves. Yeah. And not just musicians, probably everybody. I think music. But well, interesting. So bad. no, I mean, I had a, a really helpful bout of, of with a um, therapist, um, very gifted therapist, back when I made the decision 
I'm not going to move for a job. What do I do in Greensboro, North Carolina, if I'm not right. willing to move for a job? And uh, and I was, you know, basically saying, well, if I'm not the identity of X, Y, Z, what right. am I? Right. And we were talking about it, and she was trying to help me just rethink about, you know, and in, in hindsight, it's so obvious. But when you get out of mm. doctoral school, your thinking is so myopic and tainted by the voices of people that you res- well respect. I'm going to put that in air quotes. Well, yeah, but that yeah. really guide your thinking. You're part yep. of those people, the group of people that think this way. And so now I look back and like, oh my god, that's moronic to think that way. Yeah. But I was in the thick of it, so sure. I, was, I was deeply depressed and anxious. And uh, as we're chatting and. You know, I'm, we weren't friends, but we would talk about things other than, you know, I would talk about metacognition. Like, how do you yeah. think about this? Yeah. And I remember asking her, I was like, um, I said, hey, Lisa, do you find, like, because I, I know she had seen a number of musicians, academic musicians. Yeah. Because that's how I got referred to her. A friend of right. mine was an academic musician that did the doctorate and was like, this doesn't connect with me. What do I do in the yeah. deep depression? Because you're so funneled into this this, yeah. this course of, like, yeah. crash or burn. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. uh, and I said, do musicians have more problems with than other patients? She's like, oh, hands down. Mm. I was like, why? She said, well, because you guys over-identify with your job. Yeah. And she's like, you know, an, an accountant, like, they're, they're like, your CPA is like, am I the world's greatest CPA? I don't, I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Or if, yeah. like, you know, if you had a great day of, of uh, or had a, a slightly off day of accounting, they'd think, like, I'm a worthless human. They're like... I had a bad day as an accountant. Now I'm a human outside of just that job. We're musicians. We over-identify. There was a comment that a flutist who did a master class oh, years ago, I can't even remember the, the man's name. He was an older gentleman, very wise. And somebody asked him how much he practiced. And he said, you know, you know, I practice, but I have to tell you, you have to be careful about practicing because it's bad for your self-esteem <laughs> to do too much. And I was like, what? And then he explained, and, and it really has stuck with me, not that you shouldn't practice. Of course you have to practice or you won't get better. I'm about to cut off this recording. No, 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 because I know what we're going to say. You're again. on thin ice. Where are you going with this, counselor? <laughs> but the thing is that what do we do when we practice? We constantly say, oh, wait, that was wrong. Wait, that could be better. Well, my tonguing was, I got, you're constantly trying to get better and achieve something, you know, better all, right. all the time. So you're constantly beating up on yourself to some extent while you're practicing. And that might be part of the reason that musicians, you know, tend to be just really tough on themselves because we spend our entire practice sessions trying to do something better all the time right. and never being satisfied with what we do. Right, especially classical musicians, because it's an asymptotic pursuit. You're constantly trying for perfection, and you cannot. And then the difference between 90 and 95% is 100 hours. The difference between 95 and 96% is 1,000 hours. The difference between 96 and 96.5% is 10,000 hours. Yeah. Yeah. You threw out a math term there, Wally. Oh, yeah. I I think I, I, full disclosure, I think the term asymptotic pursuit, I stole from Seth Godin, but I've applied it to classical music. Yeah. Because jazz is not an asymptotic pursuit. Yeah. It's a crazy self esteem killing pursuit. Um, It's (laughs) an asinine (laughs) pursuit rather than asymptotic. Oh, Wally. Jeez. So there we've spilled all our practice. (laughs) I I hope anybody's still listening. (laughs) They're like, oh, this is a downer. No. Yeah. No, it's no, good. It's uplifting. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah. So ignore Suze Fancher practice <laughs> advice for my students anyway. Go practice. Yeah, go practice. Absolutely. Because it's fun. If you don't enjoy the work, the work is the reward. The work is the reward. Love yeah. that. The, yeah. But not work will set you free. That's a different quote from <laughs> the wrong. <laughs> the, the wrong. Sue, so good to see you. Great to see you, Wally. We'll see you, everyone. Take uh, care, everybody. Bye. And Go Go practice. practice. (laughs) Lots of it.